Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Yes, we're back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, and the lovely Shear is back from San Diego. A little more tan for the experience. Beautiful morning out there in Sunny Slope. We got some high clouds over the mountains, and uh, you know you can tell the days are already getting shorter. We have we still have shadows from the sunrise at seven a.m., so that's a pretty thing. Anyway, welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. This is a listener participation program. That means it takes you to make it all work. Uh, give us a call, number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We can talk about the landscape, your dreams, your nightmares, the heat, the water, what to grow, what not to grow, why we grow things here. And, uh, you know, the ever presence of what, you know, having some green cover makes a difference in our, in our lives here in the Valley as well. You know, one of the few things that really cools the environment here is plants. And especially trees that transpire moisture. And we even see a bigger difference. Now, we haven't had our monsoon yet. We're still hoping and we're still praying and we're still dancing. But, um, you know, during our monsoon, the trees don't make as big a difference. But when we have terrible weather like we did in July, when we set all those records, you know, trees can make up to a 15 or 20 degrees difference under their canopy, you know, right here in our environment. So they can make a huge difference. And the ones we plant and how we manage them make a big difference, too. We could talk about trees. We could talk about water. We could talk about what to plant, how to plant, where to grow it. We could talk about growing things to eat. You know, veggie season's coming up pretty soon. And our weather hasn't been horrible, you know, in August, nothing like July. And, uh, normal's really pretty darn nice, you know, 105, 108. That's, that's pretty, uh, pretty doable here. And, uh, we talk about our plants recovering. You know, a lot of can- plants have lost a lot of their shade canopy and their ability to transpire moisture. So we want to make sure we're watering, but not overwatering as well. Anyway, whatever your dreams, we start off the program with pretty open phones. We end up, it's a little tough to get on. So now is the perfect time to give Shira a call. The number to call, 602-277-5827. The program's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. And if you're out of town, you can always catch us on the Internet. Um, take our first call this morning, Stephanie in Phoenix. Good morning, Steph. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Um, I just have a question. Um, I have ficus that I probably, I think one of them I've had for seven years, and the other one maybe for four. And they are severely burnt, but I water them every night. Okay, so that's probably, Stephanie, too much to water them. They don't really need to be watered every night. How much of their foliage is, is left? I still have quite a bit, but it's it's thinned out. Okay, well, that's good. So you're probably going to be fine. Um, okay. How had you watered them before they got hurt? Um, just in the higher temperatures, I would up in my water. Okay. 
realistically for a ficus tree now, okay, and if they have a deep root system, so if they were normally watered like on a drip system weekly, weekly is still fine, but you want to give them a good deep irrigation. Um, you want to be careful and watch for any sooty canker, and that's going to be bark peeling off with a black potch, spotch underneath it, you know, with powdery kind of a system under there, and that's going to be a problem. And if you see that, you want to treat them with Monterey disease control. And aside from that, whenever you feel it's going to be under 110 every day, a light dose of fertilizer will help them refoliate. But too much water is not good. And keep in mind, they can't use as much water now as they once would have because they don't have as much foliage. So deep water, but not too often. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you for the information. Thanks, Stephanie. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Happy Sunday. You have a good morning. Bye-bye. Kenny in Litchfield Park. Good morning, Kenny. Hey, good morning, man. How you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning. You know, this is the most fun studio. It's got great air conditioning. I can look at the mountains I used to climb on all the time here in Sunny Slope. <laughs> Got to be grateful for that AC. Oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> we, you know, we so grew up, we grew up with swamp coolers. It was a little different. Oh yeah, swamp coolers don't work at this time of year. Well, they they, they might this year still because we haven't had much humidity, but normally they don't. <laughs> True. So uh, I've got a a dwarf lemon tree. I'm not sure exactly what kind of tree it is i know it's a lemon uh not sure if it's like meyer or whatever but um it's losing its leaves and it's only about a foot and a half tall by a foot and a half wide Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering is it just the heat or am i doing something wrong is in a container uh it's in the ground okay and how long has it been planted uh it's been planted since um june of last year. Okay, so a year old. And so it, it's kind of a youngin', so it needs a little extra care. And, uh, you know, watering should be about twice a week. Uh, might be not a bad idea to give a real light dose of fertilizer so it's got something to refoliate. Probably most of the okay. leaves it lost were, were due to the heat. But also make sure the trunk is protected from the sun. So if it's dropped so much foliage or if it has a trunk that's exposed at all, you can wrap it. You can wrap it with a towel. You can wrap it with a cardboard, a sheet, just something to protect it. Okay. Um, what kind of what kind of fertilizer would be good for that? You know, they really can't read. They're not that picky. In the long run, probably a, a good citrus fertilizer like OrganoPro. But for today, if you had a little bit of twenty one seven fourteen lawn food, Miracle Grow, you know, uh, Peters, any of that kind of stuff, any kind of a light dose of fertilizer with some nitrogen will help it. And you know, moderation. You could feed it now, and you could feed it again in about a month. But you want to give it something to grow on to replace that foliage. Okay, and watering twice a week? Twice a week's plenty. You know, most any kind of soil, unless you're in very rocky soil, but nothing in Litchfield's that rocky. But if you're up on a hillside, it might be more. But in Litchfield, twice a week's plenty. And, you know, and it's okay for this time of year to give it a little more frequent waterings. But uh, you'll still want to go back to weekly probably by mid-October. Okay, and we're talking deep soaks or just a regular watering? Well, it doesn't have very deep roots. It's a little tree, you know, so its root system is probably mostly within the top six to eight inches of the soil and doesn't go any deeper than 18 inches. We want to put enough water on to soak it past 18 inches because our water can be pretty salty this time of year, and that pushes the salts away. But aside from that, that, you know, if we water it two feet deep, that's plenty deep on a young tree like that. Okay, perfect. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Kenny. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Deb and Glendale, good morning, Deb. Good morning. Um, I'm having tree issues, too. I have a 
a big bottle tree. It's probably 30 feet high. and It's many years old and big. Um, but it's lost like half its leaves and it's turning brown. And it's um, I deep water it once a week. Um, but I don't know if there's anything else that I can do for it. You know, Deb, the weather's going to help it out. You know, a lot of the bottle trees really burnt. And uh, <laughs> they almost burned as bad this year as they did a couple of years ago in August. But uh-huh. um, they're going to be fine. And, okay. and, and don't overwater it. Bottle, bottle trees are one that are really, truly more drought tolerant. And it uh-huh. just couldn't push enough moisture to protect its foliage, you know, in July. Uh-huh. But it, it can now. Okay. Oh, oh, so okay. Um, this weather is going to be very, very kind to your bottle tree. It's going to bud back out and, and, and fill back in. And, um, you know, like I say, they really don't want to stay too wet. If you historically have always watered about weekly, that's probably fine. Uh, when we used to grow a lot of bottle trees in pretty sandy soil down in Yuma when we first started really playing with a watering schedule uh-huh. for bigger bottle trees the best watering schedule is months about every 20 days in the summertime oh so wow you might not need to water it more than once every two weeks and keep in mind because it's lost foliage it's not going to use as much water as it would have you know back in june okay. so it's not going to really take up or use as much water if you can get a rod or something you can push in the soil or a moisture meter and mm-hmm. check how much water you're putting on it don't keep it wet let it get drier in between irrigations Okay. That okay. sounds good, then. Thank you. Thanks, Deb. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, Mark and Chandler. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, I flood my two small citrus trees by small. I mean, about six, eight feet tall. Um, so I don't have water constantly dripping on it when I'm deep watering it. Uh-huh. When I fertilize with that great stuff you mentioned, the Organo Pro or the Arizona's Best, the Organo Pro, uh-huh. I'm concerned that because my water is going in all at once, that it's not activating and using it. Is it okay to, what I tried was maybe take a bucket of water, put my granule granules in there, uh-huh. let it sit for a day or two, and then throw that on the tree, then continue to with my flood water, figuring that it dissolves it to get it into the soil. Well, that, that's certainly going to give it, you know, like a faster, like intravenous injection of fertilizer, you know, so it's going to get fertilizer faster. And, and there's no problem with that. Just make sure that you're not putting too much on at one time. And, um, you know, you can always fertilize, you know, we say fertilize, you know, coming up like Labor Day, Memorial, well, Labor Day, Valentine's Day, Memorial Day. But, um, you know, realistically, you can fertilize, you know, once a month or whatever you want to do. And it was kind of bad to fertilize last month in July when it was so hot, but normally we fertilize our citrus kind of all summer with organic fertilizers. So a little bit at a time, and whether you want to, if it makes you feel better to dissolve it fast, to put it in quick, that's fine. You can put it down under your tree and kind of hose it in, and it'll break down and go into the soil as well. And with synthetic fertilizers, you don't have much volatization where it escapes. You know, if you had chicken manure in there, you'd lose most of it in the form of ammonia that would go out right into the atmosphere. But because these are pretty stable fertilizers, whether you hose it in or leave it there as you water it'll go into the soil perfect thank you thanks, thanks mark bye-bye we're going to take a short break while we're gone we do have three lines available the lovely sherry here on phones and music all you have to do is give her a call number to call 602-277-5827-277 ktar sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy In my eyes can make me cry. 
Hope you're enjoying it. We do have a line available. Uh, give Miss Shira a call at 602-277-5827. John in Peoria, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, I've got about an 800-square-foot patch of grass in the backyard. Had, had it come, had it grown really well um, a couple winters ago. We got a puppy. He chewed up all the sprinklers, so it's, <laughs> it kind of ruined all that. But um, I got it fixed. I tried to – I got the sprinklers running, but some – strange orange weeds started growing in. I've just stopped watering. It's pretty much a big patch of dirt at this point. I'm thinking about just waiting for October time to, to plant winter grass, but any suggestions on, on how well, I might you've got two options, it? John. Um, you know, what I would probably do is probably scalp it, get a sod cutter, roll it all up, throw all the weeds away. And by scalping down about an inch with a sod cutter, you're going to take all the weeds and the seeds and clean it all up. And you could buy some brand new, like Tiffway 419 sod, roll it out there like carpet, water it. And in three weeks, it would be playable, happy, and a, a beautiful lawn. Okay. And then if you want to maintain it more that way, I would hold off and plant the rye grass, you know, at the end of October, if you want to plant rye and not plant it early. And that's going to allow the new lawn to be very well established. Now, there's another option. The other option is go ahead and put rye seed down right now. And uh, my anniversary is uh, August 24th. We planted our lawn on August 1st because I couldn't afford to do sod. And we put a big, you know, big area in for a wedding party. And uh, it just came out just fine. So you can plant ryegrass right now if you want to. Or if you want to have a more permanent hardy lawn, I would put in the sod. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I'll I'll figure that out. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, let's see, Rod in Moon Valley. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning. It's kind of pretty out. I don't know if you've uh, played it already, but I miss hearing the song 110 in Gila Band. Oh, I play it every year, but I play it when it's 120. <laughs> you know, Dusty Chaps, that's, that's just a, a monumental song, and I always get, and every, what's funny is I usually get people requesting it earlier, you know, and we had such a yeah. nice June, there was no way we could play it in June, but we played it about well, the first week of July. I tell people about, and they say that that can be a song. So oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's by Dusty Chaps. You can Google it; it'll come right up. And uh, <laughs> you know, they're a local band from Tucson, and uh, it, it's a great song. Uh, back in March, I bought a Virginia Maritima squill. A what? <laughs> I bought this from you, okay. uh, Virginia Maritima squill. It's the largest bulb. Okay. And it 
know, found it in a friend of mine said that, uh, you know, it's going to lose its leaves, but then it'll put out this three foot flower stalk. Well, it's doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, not really. Not really. No. <laughs> okay. And I bought it from your Glendale store. Well, too, so. you know, hey, you know, one thing I don't claim to be Rod's very bright. I just show up and have <laughs> conversations with people, you know, and I really love talking to everybody. And uh, I've probably yeah. forgotten more than I still know. So it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, elderly. Well, it's an impressive flower. I mean, I mean, this thing is, you know, in the last couple of weeks has been slowly getting taller and taller. I'm thinking, how tall is this thing going to get? And so it's, it's stopped growing like at three feet. And then it's got the little flowers at the top that uh, are slowly opening up. So it's, it's going to be an impressive little plant. But I just wondered why now and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, there, you know, I'll tell you what's really amazing, you know, ha- happens here in our desert is if we can get a hurricane. Now, we hate to wish hurricanes on anybody because they, we know they hit the coast somewhere. But what we really need here for our deserts, one to hit Baja and come up the Gulf of California. And we don't yep. mind if it yep. comes through our farm down there in Hyder because uh, if we yep. get four or five inches of rain, we'll be really happy because we're behind a little on our watering and uh, get yep. it up here and stir everything up. But when that does happen, you know, the desert spawns tubers that are out there and, and, and different bulbs and things that may only, you know, show up once every 10 or 15 years. But it's amazing the biodiversity and the seed and everything that still sitting in the ground there just waiting for the next hurricane yeah i must say with all this heat and everything my my high phoenix, the uh, branching palm trees they're just loving it well a lot of palms really do like it and uh you know it was just so stressful but you know what happens in too i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the citrus reblooms again this month um yeah because you know going through you know you look at the trees and going through the heat was like growing through a frost and uh the only thing we just want to caution everybody is you know to water deeply and regularly but not too you know not too much water because a lot of these plants that are stressed uh can get overwatered easily now for sure all right thank you thanks for the call bye bye uh, Paula in Phoenix. Good morning, Paula. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning. Love your show. Uh, actually, I have a couple questions. Um, I have St. Augustine grass in my front, and it's very well established. And I've tried a few times to get it to uh, start in the back. I put a few plugs in about two years ago, and I keep not cutting it. But other than that, there's anything I can do to get it to this bread faster? Well, you can cut plugs out. You know, it's going to want to stay pretty moist whenever it goes in. And it likes more humidity. So hopefully we'll get a monsoon going. You know, yeah. this, this year, if it's well established, it didn't mind the 120 stuff. But, you know, it re- usually will spread a lot better uh, when it's more humid. Okay. So I want you to kind of settle a little discussion I have with my boyfriend all the time. So he also has St. Augustine grass. Mm-hmm. And he cuts his really short, and when I cut mine, I cut it long, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like longer grass requires less water than short grass, but what do you think? <laughs> you know, I, I hate to, to disagree with you, <laughs> but longer grass can transpire a lot more moisture than short grass can. Because oh, it really? doesn't have the surface area. Uh-huh. 
So I, I, okay. I, I would think it would transpire more moisture if it were. Uh, now, it's not going to have the same cooling effect. So so you do have a good side, Paula, is when you have longer grass, you know, like a, like 2,500 square feet of St. Augustine, it's like 10 ton air conditioner running in your yard. Okay, because yeah. it is transpiring more moisture because it's got more surface area. But I think uh-huh. his, his lawn that's mowed shorter probably will transpire less moisture. Okay, so it won't, oh. cool, it won't cool as well as yours. And, uh, okay. you know, with St. Augustine, the one thing I would just be cautious of is not to grow it too long, because then if you ever decide to cut it shorter, it's really hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to cut sometimes. So there's some there's some happy medium in there y'all need to work out together. <laughs> Maybe medium <laughs> <Yeah>. link grass. <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for the call, Paula. Bye bye. Uh, Tom and Mesa. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Brian. Um, I've got a uh, I've got a couple of arborvita. Um, shrubs in my front yard bushes they're about like uh, eight feet tall and they really they really suffered uh last month and i'm kind of wondering if there's anything i should put on them tom how how do you water how do you water them well ordinarily i water them every two weeks Uh but uh i've been watering them a little bit more you know with this 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 this, uh hot weather and i'm wondering i I hosed them down a few times is that is that okay when it's real hot well the hosing's not going to really help them any you know, okay. it's not going to help them really hard, but hosing them down, you know, once a month, you know, to wash off spider mites and that kind of thing could be useful right. and beneficial to them. But any more than that, it's not going to be of much benefit. Uh, and just deep okay. irrigation. And normally, you know, once every two weeks is a pretty good cycle for our providers. They're really a drought tolerant plant that normally yeah. thrive here. But it depends on the varieties. And some arborvitaes really will burn and they succumb to heat when we get as hot as we've been. But I would expect well, for them to recover, uh, you know, over the next two months. What I would do is maybe uh, give them a shot of like Super Thrive right now, okay? And that's just vitamins and hormones. And then, you know, if the weather is going to be consistently under about 108, go ahead and feed them. Uh, just what should I, should I, you know, I, I have like an Arizona Cypress and I use some uh, blood meal and that really helps. Blood meal is the most wonderful uh, fertilizer, you know, for should conifers and cypress. Well? Absolutely. You know, that that's a fantastic okay. way. They like the nitrogen, you know. But even around town, Tom, the big Aleppo pines that were well irrigated, you know, are hurting. Yeah. You know, it was just yeah, a yeah. stressful, stressful time. And uh, hopefully we don't experience it again. <laughs> yeah, that was, was kind of brutal. So... Um, when when should I when should I uh, apply the, the the blood meal? Well, blood meal is is good because it's slow re- release. You could put put that on right now. I wouldn't be afraid okay. of using blood meal because with organic nitrogen, it's going to break down slower in the soil uh, than if you use synthetic like a twenty one seven fourteen. So I wouldn't be mm-hmm. afraid to use blood meal right now. Okay. Um, one other question, briefly. Um, I have some roses. They're they're on the south side of my house, and they they really uh, suffered. You know. A lot of the leaves have turned brown. I've been watering them every, like, uh, three or four days. Is that too much? Roses can take a lot of water. You know, they're grafted. Okay. They're pretty hardy. They can take a lot of water. Twice a week, yeah. that's probably maximum for established roses that they would require. And then just, you know, let them, let them be a little bit until about mid-September. Prune them back and feed them, and they'll come back out, and you'll have nice blooms by the end of October. Okay. All right, Brian. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Have, have a happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Yeah. And it looks like Mr. Troy Barrett wandered into the studio. And we're going to end this section, uh, this segment with uh, after the, we find out what's happened in the world. 
with a song from Troy. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show after Troy in the news. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277, and you could be up in the next uh, segment with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. See the curtains hanging in the window in the evening on a Friday night. Little light is shining through the window, lets me know everything's alright. Summer breeze makes me feel fine, blowing through the jasmine in my Paper laying on the sidewalk, a little music from the house next door. So I walk on up to the doorstep, through the screen and across the floor. Summer breeze. A beautiful Sunday morning out there, and nice little seals and cross song. That was Troy's Troy's pick for the week. Anyway, uh, let's see. Next up, we've got William, and then we've got Earl. And then, if you like to be after Earl, all you have to do is give Shira a call. Shira's number six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven here at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. William and Goodyear. Good morning. Hey, how's it going, Brian? Uh, I called you last week, and I was just checking back with you to see if you got any more information for me. I was looking for. A um, no animal byproduct of soil, if that's even possible, or is well, no, pretty pretty much all the all the potting soil you're going to find is not going to have any animal byproducts in it. So you know you're not going to find that. Um, but you know, in organics wise, you can compost you know pretty much anything you want. In fact, we're looking at right now in our citrus groves because we're not able to get the Hickman's chicken manure. We're going to buy mm-hmm. a, basically an animal based, um, not I mean a plant based uh, organic fertilizer that's um, you know made basically from uh, some just strictly all organic you know in, inputs. So you can do all that organic stuff. It just takes you know more time to compost it. And you have gotcha. to use things. Um, so, you know, th- this one's going to be, you know, we're going to give it a try and it's going to be different. And, um, but as far as most of the things you're going to find that are truly organic, um, compost and things, all your organic compost, you can compost organic down to the point, um, where it basically will have a, a plus nitrogen. But I'm mm-hmm. just fearful of the fact, uh, William, that most of the fertilizer, most of, you know, the products you're going to buy haven't been composted far enough. You know, basically, we, we've got some friends that, that do grow a lot of, um, the Duncans grow an awful lot of, of, you know, green cut vegetables. And they make mm-hmm. a really good compost. They won't sell it to us because <laughs> it cost them. Well, it cost them probably just in their production cost, 50 to $60 a, um, a yard to break it down. And make it, but but even they add you know they add chicken manure for a nitrogen source, and uh, gotcha. it's just hard to get enough nitrogen in there to to now if you want to just be 
not animal based at all. You can always use synthetic. So you can, for, so basically you can use a petroleum based source of nitrogen. And if you don't want to have any animal base in there, you can take urea or, you know, any, even like a 21714 lawn fertilizer. And those are going to be non, non animal based. Okay. They'll be synthetic, but. You know, the, the reason why they're synthetic is because they're made from petroleum. Um, but they actually work very well. And if you're concerned about not using animal base, you could take those types of fertilizer and add them to a compost pile. They'll break it down. They'll put your nitrogen there, and they'll work very well. Awesome. Okay. See, okay. We, we, we can't do that when we're certified organic. But you can do that at home. So if your main concern is to eliminate animal products... If you'll just use synthetic, which is petroleum, it's animal products. It's just a few billion years old, you know, or hundreds of millions. And uh, right. but it makes great fertilizer, you know, and that's what most of the fertilizer in the world comes from is petroleum. And so if you buy any one of these synthetic, like a urea or a 21714, all those are going to be non-animal based. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks, Last William. Good question. Yeah. Uh, what, what, is it too late to start uh, grapes? Well, it's too early, honestly. So, or there's just, okay, okay, there's two things here, okay? So if you're going to plant grapes out, you're going to plant them into a garden, a great time to plant grapes, you know, from a nursery would be to buy the plants in October. You know, plant them in October. They'll be well-rooted and established. They'll come back. You prune them back in the spring. And it really takes two years to get grapes into really fruit production, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to grow your own grapes from cuttings, you want to do that in the wintertime when they're dormant, and that's usually in January. Okay. All right, appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. All right, thanks. Bye, William. Uh, Earl in North Phoenix. Good morning, Earl. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Good to hear your voice this morning, uh, giving out good advice. <laughs> well, hopefully good advice. We're trying, you know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just got a quick question. I'm not sure if you can even help me with this. I, I have a sorrel cactus question. Uh -huh. um, I was I was out of town for a couple of days on vacation, and I came back, and you guessed it, my sorrel cactus that's in my front yard, I find it, you know, that it just fell over. Um, it was a pretty big size one, about 15 feet or so. And uh, my question is this, what's left of it is about six feet high. Mm -hmm. And it, actually, it looks as if my, uh, it looks as if I went out there with a chainsaw and just cut it, and then it fell because it has sort of a flat top now. Okay. Uh, on, the six, on the six foot part that's still standing, the rest is on the ground. And I'm going to have to have that uh, taken away. But I guess my question is, you know, that top part that's now flat versus round, like a top of a sorrow, um, is there something I can put on that? Uh, I just don't know what to do not to lose the sorrow, if you know what I'm saying. Well, what you probably want to do is get some powdered sulfur and make sure the cut's pretty clean and just dusting sulfur, powdered sulfur, just dust the top of it. And that'll prevent it from getting bacterial infections in the top portion. And then what that sore will do is it'll regenerate, probably come out with two to three, maybe even four arms, you know, right there from the point where it's broken. And it make, can make a beautiful plant again. Oh, okay. That's good. I, I didn't want to lose it again. It was pretty big sore, about 15 or so feet. And now all I have left is just the six foot. And I just, um, I was thinking I, I need to put something on there so it doesn't, you know, uh, obviously, you know, die or something to help against uh, it, infection. It, it, it'll or come whatever. back out. 
Okay, good, 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 good. So powdered sulfur, powdered um, sulfur in that and, area. Yeah, and just and then you can actually water it a couple times, you know, and uh, because it's got a very established root system, and it'll come oh, back yeah. out. You might even throw it. You know, it's early enough in the season where you might throw some new buds out there on the side of it now, and uh, over the next couple of years, anyway, it'll come back and make a multiple trunks of world. It can be very beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a shame because it was a pretty nice looking. It had arms and everything already on both sides. It's just all I have now is just, I think, uh, about six feet or so. And, and it's pretty, it looks like it's pretty healthy. It's just the top part is gone. Um, I, I understand that these sororal cactuses lately have been having problems with a tremendous amount of them, you know, and it was, you know, it's really kind of hard to understand exactly. And I've heard a lot of different, you know, theories and, and they're just that. But uh, some from the U of A and different people. But, you know, what basically, in my opinion, probably happened to them is they were exceedingly healthy because we had the nicest weather ever and we had enough rain for them to really put on a lot of, you know, growth and really fill out. And then when we had that extreme heat, you know, they seemed to get weak and uh, didn't have enough water and they seemed to collapse in the middle. And that that's happened. You don't see as much out in the desert, but certainly around town, a lot of saguaros have broken. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, I thought that it was odd myself too because it, it's been there for many years and it's beautiful. Um, so anyway, all right, I'll I'll, I'll use your uh, advice and uh, get some of that powdered sulfur and get to going. Thank you yeah. for your help. N- another ten or fifteen years, you'll have a big, you know, multiple arms to there again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you. Thanks, Earl. Bye bye, uh, Leslie in Phoenix. Good morning. Oh, hi, Brian. Um, love your show. What a service to our community. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a question about a pomegranate tree. We have a multi, you know, like multi-trunk. It looks more like a bush maybe than a tree. It's about eight feet tall. It's actually doing great, very green, and more than a dozen beautiful, like now ripening orange pomegranates. couple questions. Um, the branches are so heavy, and the fruit is weighing it down they're bending over we've staked some but i'm wondering moving forward like what should we do to care for this little tree so that it will be healthy all through the winter and the next summer well it's it's pretty young and it's putting on a you know a pretty big crop so you might even thin some of the fruit out right now and that's going to make the other fruit better okay okay and the second thing you need to do is protect that fruit and somewhere in september uh, when they really start to change more in their color, you want to put a paper bag around them with a rubber band, or you can get like a little mesh bag that has a string and draw to keep the insects and birds away from the fruit. Because we're not the only ones here that like pomegranates. Right. And then in January, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I have those bags. I was wondering, should we even put them on now since the fruit looks so big and starting to turn well, orange? Well, you can if you're thinking about it. I mean, it, it wouldn't hurt. It's not going to hurt for the, those to be around the fruit. So if you want to put those okay. on now, you can. Normally, we do it in September. And then what you want to do with it next winter when it's dormant is thin it, okay? So they have, you know, usually like, you know, up to 10 or 15 or more shoots coming out of the ground. Uh, select mm-hmm. the larger ones, Okay. And keep three to five, maybe, if, from the ground, if you like, and take all the other rest of that growth down from the bottom off this winter. Okay, and that's going to put a lot more energy into the upright growth. And then it wouldn't hurt to do a little bit of pruning on the top ends of the branches as well. Okay, so the limbs okay. are going to be a little sturdier and support the fruit better. And when you look at commercially grown pomegranates, they're usually grown with a fairly decent-sized trunk, and then they're topped down about a third every year so that the branches aren't so long and, and pendulous, and they're just sturdier. You'll get less fruit, but better fruit. Okay. 
Okay. And it's a desert plant, right? So Very much so. I, they, I mean, they love it here. Okay. And so we've only, well, we've upped our watering to twice a week. And I've even, I've heard you say, you know, during the record heat, go ahead and give a little extra water. So, uh, but back in the winter, it's like twice a week. Or oh, no, it doesn't week? even require much, if any water in the wintertime. So, uh, okay. you know, it's truly a desert plant. Most, most pomegranates come from the area around in Persia and Iran. And um, so they're very much just like pistachios. They're wonderful desert plants. And they do exceedingly well here. They need very little water from November through March. Okay. So once a month, okay. November through March is fine. And then if you'll water them as they mature once weekly, okay, it's, it's plenty mm-hmm. through the heat of the summer unless we have severe temperatures. And then the most critical time to water them is like when we had the weather in July because what will happen is the fruit will stop growing and then we'll use, normally have a monsoon by now and it'll start to grow again and you'll get splits in the pomegranates. So the extra water in June is, is very critical to maintaining a healthy crop. Okay. All right. Brian, thank you. Love your show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Leslie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with John, Chris, and John. And after that, we've got a couple lines available for you. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. folks. Beautiful Sunday morning. Want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. I was fortunate to grow up with the grandparents here who started the nursery back in the 40s. And we continue today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. Now, this is the perfect time of year, believe it or not, to plant mesquites, ironwoods, and palaverdes. Great time to plant palms like date palms, Mexican, California fans, even like Bismarckias. So a lot of plants really thrive in the heat. And by planting a mesquite tree right now, you can gain, you know, half a year's growth over waiting and plant one in the fall. They really don't grow when it's cool. And if they were around and they were being watered, you know, back when it was 118, uh, they were cooling your garden. When it's very dry here, a big tree like a mesquite tree can transpire enough moisture to have the area around the outside of the tree seven degrees cooler and underneath the canopy up to 25 degrees cooler. So the only thing that really cools our environment is using our water, using it wisely. 
And when we're watering these big desert trees in the heat of the summer, uh, that's when they need water. You know, that's the time of year when they're going to really grow and give us shade and they're going to transpire that moisture and cool our yards and cool our light, or cool our world down here in the desert. And, uh, so makes a big difference to have them. The other part that makes them so efficient is in the wintertime, you know, pretty much from October to March, they don't require any water at all. And in the spring and the fall, when the weather's pretty good, you don't need to water much then either. But if you want to turn on an air conditioner in your yard, plant a big mesquite tree, you'd be amazed what it'll do. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Next up, Chris and Surprise. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Brian. Um, I have some questions about plants in my tree. I have a Chinese elm. It's about nine feet tall. It's been in the ground three years. And um, I've been giving it one time a week about 96 gallons of water. Mm -hmm. And I bet it looks pretty happy, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, it's it's looking, uh, it has some yellow little leaves on it here and there. It's not not bad, but it's it's not a lush green. No, I'll tell you what, though, with the weather changing right now, um, you know, if you fertilize it, normally we would fertilize it around Labor Day, kind of like the same time as citrus. And it'll come out Mm -hmm. and put out quite a bit of growth this fall still. And, uh, you know, the elms are are one of the varieties that really kind of came through this heat in in very good condition. And, um, you know, this was quite a test for us with a lot of different varieties of trees. It's the hottest it's ever been. And uh, so we get to see how trees fare. But, you know, overall, I think elms did quite well. Okay, is that enough water? That should be. How large in diameter is the trunk? Oh, probably 13, 14 inches. Well, if it's that big, that's not enough water. So if it's, if it's that size tree, watering it once a week is plenty frequent, but I would probably be watering with two to 300 gallons of water. Oh, one time, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I accidentally watered, watered it over 200 gallons. Well, that's thought, oh, wonderful. No. You know, and that tree saying, thanks, Chris, we really love you. That's a great way to treat it because it really appreciates the extra water when it's that hot. You know, and especially with the temperature we had day after day, you know, good deep irrigations really help that tree. And elms are pretty good at, like we just talked about the mesquites, at transpiring moisture and cooling your yard. Okay, so I should put, uh, should I run it two days at, uh, well, no, just run, run, run all the water on it at one time. Okay. And oh. by putting the water at one time, we're pushing the salts away from the root system and that's healthier for the tree. So the frequency, okay. we, we don't want to increase the frequency, just the amount of water. Okay. We put Super Thrive on it, but Super they don't really Thri- tell you how much. Well, <laughs> you know, Super Thrive is a wonderful product. And uh, the gentleman who created and invented Super Thrive is probably one of the smartest people on earth for when it came to vitamins. Okay, I wanted to ask about, um, I have established lantana, and they looked real nice a week or so ago. And now there's a couple of them where all the flowers are gone. Um, I water it uh, four gallons three times a week. You know, Chris, you can put your lantanas on that same weekly schedule as your as your tree if they've been in for a couple years. Uh-huh. So put them on oh, the okay. same schedule, okay? And once once a week, but just take all that water and put it into one irrigation, okay? So the same amount of water, the three gallons, just put on twelve gallons once a week, and stand back. Oh, that, yeah. that, that'll make them a lot happier. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, you Chris. Have a good weekend. You as well. Bye bye.
Uh, John and Gold Canyon's up next after John. It's wide open, folks. The number to call for Miss Shira here, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Hi, John. Hi. Good morning. I've got uh, Texas Sage. They've been in uh, the yard for 20 years. Over the years, I've manicured them. Uh, but right now, they look like they blew up, and they're all over the place. And I'm wondering when a good time, and if I can do that, cut them all the way pretty much down to the ground and let them start over. Well, John, here's a trick with those sages. If you want to cut them back and really reduce their size, you can do that now. But let's not do the whole plant at one time. If you want them to come back much faster, what you can do is you can leave the center portion, maybe one-third of that plant. Uh, leave that tall up in the center, prune the sides all back so that the sun's going to come down and hit the wood around the outsides. But because you've left the foliage up on the top, it's going to regenerate new growth around the bottom much quicker. So if you'll do that, you'll have a plant that'll come back really nice. And once the bottom's all filled in, chop the top off. Sounds good. Appreciate the advice. Thanks, John. Have a nice have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Tom and Mesa. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning. It's a beautiful day here in Sunny Slope. Yes, it is. I have a question. I want to plant a one or two plants in my front yard that bushes out really well, but flowers, you know, throughout the year, off and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you recommend? Well, sages aren't bad. There's a lot of different varieties we were just talking with, but. Um, Yellow bells, you know, all, all the different types of the Tacomas. Um, and you can get sparkies that are ASU color. You can get gold ones. You can get orange ones. But they all, the Tacomas are all going to bloom very well throughout the heat. And uh, very strong plants here. Then, of course, the one that we grow better than any place on the planet, at least in my opinion, my humble opinion, I'll take it, um, are Bougainvillea. You know, Bougainvillea, they really thrive here. Uh-huh. And there's, there's, there's lots of different varieties of bougainvilleas. There's bush type. Uh, one of my favorites is called a torch glow, and it grows up kind of with the form of an acatillo, but very drought-tolerant, hardy, beautiful plant that uh, is something really special here in our desert. Now, does that bush out pretty good? It does. Well, the torch glow bougainvillea can grow over 10 feet tall, but you can prune it back to a smaller size. Um it takes a minimal amount of water, but just a beautiful flowering plant, and it'll flower here eight or nine months a year. Yeah, I don't, I don't want anything that grows tall. I want something that you know just bushes out, maybe a couple feet, cut three feet tall, maybe no well, more than that. A couple of the other favorites for that are emu bushes. Okay, what kind? Emu, you know, like the bird, like an emu. Okay. Oh, okay. And there, there's lots of different ones. There's a silver one called Bluebells with a blue flower on it. Uh, and then there's also uh, a yellow one that spreads out lower. And the other thing that's probably the most popular for that medium size are lantanas. And uh, you just need to select the varieties you want. But uh, like Dallas Reds, a very nice one that grow two to three feet tall and be very hardy. Okay. Well, thank you very Oh, when I do plant it, should I put in a compost of some kind or, or uh Fertilizer or potting soil? It, it helps to amend the soil. And if you use a compost mixed about one-third with two-thirds native soil in and around the plant, it'll help them to root out of that organic soil mix that they're in and go back into your native soil, especially if you have heavy clay. Yeah, I, yeah, it's uh, pretty clay around here. Yeah, a lot of mesas got clay. Well, it's, it's good, though. It retains yeah. moisture as well. Tom, thanks yep. for the call. and appreciate it. 
Thank you very much, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break and go find out what's happening for Mr. Troy Barrett with the news. And we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give uh, Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277. KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM.